Greetings and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined Podcast. I am a Sunny Brogan, owner of a Sunny Coaching Services, and in this episode, I am discussing prayer in African traditional religions. African spirituality is effectively um, the spirituality of any person of African descent, how they interact with and relate to spirit, irrespective of the um, religious that they practice. In this episode, I am targeting how we pray and interact with spirit on a high communal level within traditional African religions or African traditional religions, ATR, however you want to call that particular dynamic. So let's dig into it. First thing, I want to define what I mean by prayer. And prayer is ultimately just communing with spirit, with the spirit world. Uh, Regardless of what deity or energy or entity that you are communicating with, anything that is otherworldly. Okay, so that can include your higher self, which is commonly referred to as your Ori in the Ifa tradition. It can likewise include your ancestors. It can include, you know, a supreme deity, God, or Lodomar is what we call this particular power in the Ifa tradition, Banye in the Haitian voodoo, and the list goes on and on based on the tradition. But likewise, it refers to um, communicating with other or kind of lesser deities, if you will, the Orishas, the Luas, the Egbe Arun, and just so many other classes of spirits, which you may even call angels, so forth and so on. That's what I mean by prayer. Prayer is simply communication, communing with spirit. Whether you are talking to the spirit or the spirit is talking to you, right? Communication is a two-way street, so it should be that way when you are absolutely communicating with spirit, just as it would be when you're communicating with a human. In this particular episode, I do want you all to know that when I'm referring to prayer here, I am referring to those intentional efforts that you put forth in communicating with spirit. So when you go about and purposely try to have a conversation or try to hear from spirit versus times where we're communing with spirit but we may not necessarily be trying to do so right because that's a form of prayer as well but i just want to clarify that point because i want to talk about ways that we do this because i oftentimes get asked about this particular dynamic because it can be confusing i was confused myself when i transitioned from christianity into even so the hebrew israelite dynamic that i talked about before because the prayer from that particular system looked very much so to very much so like christianity for me at least so within african spirituality it does look a lot different and it should look different right is some regards not all regards because there are some ways that it can look very much so the same do understand that prayer can and absolutely does happen on all levels it's not just talking to a deity physically or verbally i should say with your mouth as i'm doing but prayer can be done at the thought level you're just thinking and communing with the spirit again it's that those intentional efforts where you're directing your energy towards a specific spirit deity entity etc likewise you can pray through your words that's one of the more common ways that we pray is through vocalizing or verbalizing what we want to say but our actions and our deeds likewise serve as prayer and that is not really unique to african spirituality or african traditional religions these particular ways of praying occur regardless of the religion that we have whether you are intentional about that process or not as i said before prayer is simply communing with the spirit realm that being the case you can pray any place, any time, in any position, any mood, all of those things are applicable to prayer within African traditional religions. I hear so much, so many different things about the mood especially, right? So I hear people saying, well, don't go to your ancestors when you're upset and when you're angry. Um, I agree 
with you know certain notions that when you are angry with spirit you, you should be careful about you know when you're angry rather not necessarily with spirit but when you are angry you should definitely be careful of your communication just as you should be when you're communicating with a human right so you know this is advisable anytime you step back take some time cool down then have those conversations but when it comes to being like emotionally distraught depressed upset and angry like for me that's the time when you want to go to spirit and express those things and get help with it because our spirits are meant to assist us in those processes now if you are coming in the mode to just complain complain and, and you know not seek help with your issue again same way like you really shouldn't do that when you're talking to another human you, you know if you're having an issue only if you want to resolve it sometimes yes we all need to vent and that's okay to just say hey this is what happened to me and this is how i feel about it but just to go and just repeat the same conversation over and over again without seeking any form of resolve that's not the way communication should be had it's not effective communication at the end of the day whether you are having that communication with a spirit or a human or an animal or a plant what have you that's just not effective communication right um and as i said before like any place typically we in african spiritual traditions have what is, we refer to as a temple reserved for our prayer time and so forth and so on at least i do right so, and this is where i keep all of my we call it my orisha pots and my altars and things like that and many people within atr do the same thing where they have altars etc etc so that's your personal temple likewise there are temples that the priest and the priestess usually have um, set up for them to conduct ritual sacrifices and offerings and things like that to the deity so that is another way or place that you can go and pray you know, cemetery can serve in a similar way um but likewise you can pray any anywhere you choose to pray sometimes i just have this urge to just go outside maybe to a park near my home or just for a walk to go out and pray and have that quiet communal time with my spirits um i oftentimes pray when i'm driving in my car i pray when in my bed you can pray anywhere you should be praying anywhere that you are because anywhere that you are your spirits are okay likewise you can pray at any time and you will hear in certain atr circles that there are ideal times to pray like when the veil is thinner usually people say between three to four o'clock in the morning i've heard alter altering time frames but that's typically the time frame where you know the veil is supposedly thinner when you can get up and have that particular time with your deities um that's great sometimes my spirits do wake me up like at four o'clock in the morning when they do i know it is time to go and have a, a special prayer session usually that's when something is coming through and they need me to come in and commune with them and do whatever i need to do in an obligatory way to prevent whatever is coming at me and you know i've gotten so used to that dynamic when they do wake me up early i know okay i got to go and do something so i'm going to give an offering um at that particular time okay so those are times that kind of are ordained so you can and should be doing it just whenever it feels right for you to do so some people only pray in the morning some people only pray in the evening um midday what have you whatever feels right for you whatever fits your schedule and your needs at that particular time likewise you can pray in any position now i will say oftentimes in traditions like ifa you will do a lot of work that where you're getting on your knees and you are um bowing down similar to in the um the islamic faith right where you are bowing your head to 
the ground or you're on your knees in salutation to your deity. A lot of that happens just because our spirit pot, so what have you, sit on the floor. So if your spirit pot is on the floor, then it's only natural that you would get on your knees in order to give an offering or something like that to that particular pot. But otherwise, it's just like, you know, if you can pray, pray any place, you can pray in any position, right? Um, I personally do not pray with my hands clasped. I stopped doing that, like, yeah, as soon as I left Christianity. So, um, oftentimes I actually pray in a mudra stance. So a mudra is where you're positioning your hand in order to bring in certain energy. So I have certain mudras that I do. So a good example of this is if you like see somebody sitting in a lotus pose and you see them with, you know, the, the hand gestures where they are circling the index finger and the thumb finger and then the other three fingers are pointed upwards, right? So you kind of put that in your mind. That's a mudra. That's one of the most popular, well-known mudras that there are, but there are plenty of other mudras that are available. So I personally use that quite often in my prayer, but that's not mandatory. It's not obligatory by any means. Um, it's not even really part of what people refer to as traditional African religions. And I say people because that is part of the Hindu faith, and the Hindu faith absolutely came from African people groups. So I personally consider it to be an ATR, but the way that it's classified by you know, the world and popular science, what have you, you would, most people think of it as something else, even though it's not. And that's, you know, part of why I do what I do with this podcast, because it's about reintegrating our practices. We're losing or missing a lot of pieces of the puzzle because we see our traditions as something else. But that's neither here nor there for this conversation. I just wanted to discuss that particular part of it. So there are many ways to pray. There are many positions that you can pray in. There are certain criteria for prayer within African traditional religions. Number one, it should be heartfelt and sincere. You don't pray just for the sake of praying. You don't just repeat things for the sake of doing so. That really applies to any particular tradition. But I wanted to mention that here because sometimes people think that there are just specific incantations that you just go to your rishas and say, and that's the end of it. That Doing that without any heart, without um, being sincere behind what you do makes no difference. So you may as well not even do it. I don't care what incantations you are saying in that process. If it's not coming from a true, sincere, intentional heart space, it's you just wasted your time, all right? Prayer likewise should be continual, as I mentioned before. So this is something that you should be doing on a regular basis. At the very least, once a day, you should be talking to your deities, whether it be your ancestors, your higher self, your Luwametet, head of Risha, or whatever other spirits that you interact with. You should be communing with them every single day. Now, I know some of you all are like, well, when do I pray to who and so forth and so on? Um, Every tradition has its own way when it comes to that. So for me, I personally go by what my spirit leads me to do. I, because I do interact with so many different spirits on a regular basis, I don't necessarily talk to each spirit individually every single day most often i'm just going to pray as a whole and i just call on my entire spiritual team but i do like to you know go to the altar for my ancestors every day i always speak to my or because my or is consistently with me i speak to um you know my other deities on a regular basis even if i don't necessarily go to their pot every single day again i will do a catch-all prayer and just you know talk to my whole spiritual team if i don't get a chance to go to their particular altar or if it's not that designated time frame because i do have designated days where i go and do ritual work unto my deities even if i don't um 
even if it's not just about talking to them at that particular time okay that's important that's absolutely a part of the process as well you, you should always talk to your spirits you should always be in communication with them it's just like you would with a human right if you're trying to maintain a relationship with a human what do you have to do you have to have communication with them you don't necessarily have to talk to them each and every day but if you go for you know weeks months years without talking to let's say an intimate partner what happens to that relationship it falls apart because at the end of the day then you just kind of become these estranged friends or what have you You no longer are in that intimate close connection as you once were right but if you're married and i've equated dealing with spirits within african spirituality to marriage in a different episode that i did if you're married to somebody you're spending day in and day out with that individual right through the good through the bad through the ugly through the ordinary that's the process and so it's be the same way with your spirits now if you're married to somebody there's some days where you may have you know longer more intense conversations with them than on other days. So that you may barely even talk, even though you're in the same house with each other. Not necessarily that your managers may not have a whole lot to say to each other. Okay? Same kind of deal goes with communing with spirits. Like you're going to have those conversations as you see fit. Your spirit is gonna come and talk to you as necessary and you should talk to your spirit, you know, on a regular basis or as necessary. All right definitely do not want to just go to your spirit only when you want help or when you need help with something that's not the way to do it so because like spirits are not by any means dumb or ignorant they know all of these things if you're just coming to them only when you need something they absolutely know that and they're not going to reciprocate if that's your action because they do want to have a relationship with you um you know, the one thing that is very different in our traditions than what we see in, you know, non-traditional spiritual systems is that it's the concept of reciprocity. So now when you do ask for something, when you do go to your spirits and ask for something within an African traditional religion, you are expected to give every single solitary time. There is no way around it. Even so much as you go to your ancestors, if you're asking your ancestors for help, you need to give an offering. You need to do something for them. Even if it's just a cup of water, a glass of water rather, you need to give something to them. Okay? So that's prayer in a nutshell when it comes to African traditional religions. I'm going to take a break real quick. When I come back, I am going to talk about how we actually pray within traditional faith systems that come out of Africa and other indigenous parts of the world. segment i am going to discuss the traditional forms of prayer that typically occur within atr systems right so there are many forms of prayer and you know ways or processes in which we pray but the typical ones that you will generally think about when you approach an atr include things like divination incantations rituals ceremonies sacrifices offerings libations song and dance movement poses wearing totems, giving charity, all of those different things. I'm going to talk about them a little bit more in depth. So one of the first things that um, we deal with in ATR systems is absolutely the divination process. That's when you go and get a reading. It's very, very common within our systems. That is a form of prayer, guys. It's a form of communing with spirit both on the behalf of the reader and the client or the individual who is seeking out a reading. Because when you go and seek out a reading, you are actually giving your permission to the reader to communicate with your spiritual team on your behalf. You are also requesting that your spiritual team sends back information to you about your life so that you can deal with it appropriately okay so that's number one 
Um, on the other side of that would be the process that you know the reader goes into to actually bring forth the information that you need in order to get the answers or the remedies or whatever you're seeking in that particular situation. So that is a form of communication because we are talking to spirit in that particular instance. And spirit is absolutely speaking back through the individual and giving information. So divination is very much so going to be unique to traditional spiritual systems of Africa and, you know, throughout the diaspora, because that's something that we were doing long before, you know, slavery, colonization. And then, you know, as we transition into these Abrahamic religious systems that don't necessarily believe in or adhere to divination practices. And I say that with with an abundance of caution, because I know a whole lot of people still utilize divination but they may say that they don't so like the higher level people's so people i'm referring to who are telling you not to consult with diviners and not deal with necromancy and things like that they absolutely do those things incantations so that is absolutely another way that we pray by repeating sacred verses or sacred knowledge that comes from our systems Usually that's going to occur in the language in which we speak to our deities. So if you're coming out of a traditional system, you're going to come from the context of that language and there are certain words similar to the way you may say certain Bible verses. You know, I know Psalms 23 has a reputation of being a, a prayer that people, you know, pray before they go to bed or just in general times, definitely in hard, hard times, things like that. Psalms 91. A um, couple of other songs people like recite from memory, and that's literally their prayer. The same thing happens with the surahs in the Islamic faith, where people say specific surahs on a regular basis to protect them and keep them clean or what have you. And the list goes on and on based on, you know, religion, religion or tradition. And that definitely happens within African spiritual systems where there are certain you know, prose or verses or things that we remember, that we uh, memorize and then speak into existence based on the system that we practice within. Um, But likewise, along with the notion of, you know, those incantations, we can and should speak from the heart. You're not relegated to only speaking incantations. Matter of fact, most of the time that's done whenever you're engaging in a specific ceremony or something like that. But as I said before, you don't just say an incantation without it being heartfelt and sincere. So it's not necessary when you first come to an ATR, even thereafter, right? You can you can say your incantations, and it's a beautiful thing to do, but you don't have to the most important part of this process is to say a prayer from your heart we absolutely pray in that way we go and we talk to our deities and tell them what's going on if we're dealing with something we need help with something or we just to thank them or you know just to have a conversation whatever that may look like that's important as well um rituals and ceremonies are likewise a form of prayer so anytime you do a ritual if you uh go out and you know you're lighting a candle for instance for your ancestors that is a form of a ritual and that is a form of prayer likewise so do keep that in mind like you don't always even have to say something i remember one night i was just so just not in the best of moods i can't even remember exactly what was going on with me at the time but i just remember feeling so down one night and i couldn't even really like speak i couldn't vocalize what was going on with me and i remember going to the table it wasn't even my ancestor altar it was a table that I said for them when I give them their weekly offerings and I keep candles on that particular table and I just lit three candles that night and I laid down in the bed again just couldn't even articulate what was going on with me and I just laid there didn't say anything didn't really think anything any thoughts toward my ancestors but they understood in that moment that I needed help and in that moment I just started to feel better i just started to feel lighter cleaner 
and my spirit started to become uplifted similar to the way it does whenever I pray at other times where I'm going through something and I might just go to them and just you know start on my venting session or what have you just presenting what's going on with me and saying hey I need some help with this particular situation in my life and normally I vocalize that but that particular night I just couldn't I was just so tired I was so beat didn't even know how to say what I needed to say I really didn't even understand what was going on with me at that particular time I just knew that I wasn't well and I just felt resolved I just immediately started to feel better after I turned those candles on and I knew in that moment that my ancestors had accepted that because it was you know light I was giving them fire that's an offering when you light a candle unto your ancestors and so they accepted that offering that I gave them in that moment and they heard my pleas and my prayers through that candle work and it came through and provided me with comfort and resolve and strength to make it through to that next level and so that was a form of prayer and it can serve as a form of prayer for anyone because I definitely had a sincere heart that I wanted to resolve whatever was going on with me and it came through in that moment without me even doing anything but that's not my norm and I shouldn't expect it to be I shouldn't expect oh I'm just gonna light a candle y'all do what y'all need to do especially when I have the strength and the fortitude to do what I need to do right that's you know in those times where you just kind of need that strong you know maternal love you just need that hug and they gave it to me in that moment and anytime we do a ritual or ceremony again with intention when we come to it with intention with purpose we receive resolve from that we you know our our thoughts our words our expression are heard in that right we're, we're doing something it's a, it's a motion it's a movement it's something that we are doing to have this conversation with our spirit very similar again like when you're dealing with somebody in real life let's say you you know do some kind of special occasion let's say you throw them a party for their birthday you don't even have to say anything if you throw somebody a surprise birthday party you are telling them in that moment that you appreciate them you are communicating with them through that event and you know they'll communicate with you likewise you know they may say it verbally thank you or what have you but you may just see it in their eyes their expression or what have you or they may bring you a gift or show you do something for you later on at some particular point to show you how much they appreciated that particular gesture again another form of communication so it's the same thing in the spirit realm when we host rituals and ceremonies and things like that for our spiritual team the same concept applies to giving sacrifices and offerings um, usually this is actually done as a part of a ritual or ceremony but it doesn't always have to be as i said before in my previous example when i just turned on some lights for my ancestors there was a form of an offering um likewise when you are getting some type of divination services for instance and it comes up that you know sacrifice needs to be performed on your behalf it is a ritual however you may not be actively engaged in that ritual but the very nature that you are willing to give a you know sacrifice or an offering again that is a form of communion when you are feeding a spirit same way if you feed a child right when you feed a baby a very small baby you give it food you give it nourishment you are communicating with that child even though you may not say a word in that particular moment you just go and you fix the milk or you know if it's a female you may you know breastfeed or what have you whatever the deal is however you get nourishment in that child you you don't necessarily always say hey i'm about to come and feed you because i care for you and i love you but that's what's communicated to that child whenever you feed your child you are feeding them and letting them know that you love them and you care for them and you want them to feel safe and because they get their, their needs met when they are hungry then they likewise do start to feel safe and secure because 
they see that their needs are quickly responded to, right? If that's the case, I know it doesn't happen all the time, but you know, in a typical situation, when you do that, you are communicating with your child. And when your child is um, consuming the food, so it's consuming the breast milk or the bottle milk or what have you, even if the child can't talk, that child is communicating with you by showing you that, you know, they are first and foremost appreciative of what you just gave them. They're, they're appreciative of the food and their cessation of crime most oftentimes tells you that, you know, you are fulfilling a need that they have and, and they're grateful for that, right? So similar thing there. Song and dance is another form of prayer that is very, very prevalent within African traditional systems. So there's something that we do um, quite often. It stems from our spiritual traditions. I know we absolutely see this in the church um, quite often, especially in the black community, very vibrant, you know, high octave song and dance, things of that nature. We can sing our prayers whenever you're singing psalms or, you know, songs of praises. You can, you're talking to a deity, even the, you know, kind of ho-hum, woe is me, I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain type of deal. That's a form of prayer, right? Because you're, you're telling your deity, you know, about the rough spots and the challenges and the hardships that you've endured and, you know, how this is making you feel, but you still sticking to it no matter what. And that can absolutely lift up your spirit. Again, it's a form of prayer, dance, movement, any form of movement that's specifically directed to a deity. So yoga actually is a form of prayer. And again, that definitely comes from our systems. Those particular poses or stances, those are prayer or form of communication with the deities. You're positioning your body in a way for you to capture the vibration of a particular energy or deity so that you can synchronize with that energy. And that's a, so a form of communication. Same thing when you do certain poses, intentionally do certain poses. You are synchronizing yourself with the universal energy or float. It's the same thing with a mudra, as I mentioned before. So, you know, certain movements or poses that you do are forms of prayer as well. Also wearing totems. So it could be in the form of like lakey beads or what have you, because those particular totems that we utilize in ATR systems, right? They are actually infused with spirit, the essence of a spirit. That's the purpose of those particular totems. I'm not talking about something that you just go and pick up out of the store. Certain natural elements, yes, they are going to hold a certain vibe or energy to a certain degree. So the rocks, the crystals, and things like that that people use in modern day society, those are very, very powerful earth elements as well. And you know, those are spirits that you are connecting with. And it is a form of prayer, but that's not what I'm referring to here. You can still do that. It's you know nothing against that within ATR because we absolutely use natural elements. They're used in divinations. They're used to communicate with spirits. Uh, if you you see somebody doing an Efa reading, you oftentimes see certain natural elements present in that space, and that's, they serve as a communication tool the same way that they do. Uh, when people wear them, usually people choose them for like their properties or what have you. They want healing or love or whatever they're trying to attract in their lives. And that's what that mechanism serves for. It serves to communicate with universal energy in order to bring you the things that you are looking for in your life experience. So that is another huge benefit to working with those types of elements. The same thing, same applies to a totem, but even on a higher level, because as I said before, when you get a, a totem or a consecrated object, so when I say totem, I'm referring to something like specific that we normally do, but there are also other consecrated objects like rings and things like that and bangles and so forth that we utilize in ATR. And we, we wear these things on a regular basis, mojo bags, that, that likewise, it's a very similar con concept. 
we wear these things as a form of spiritual communication. We are talking to our deities just by wearing those things. You don't have to say anything. That spirit is with you and that spirit is communicating with you, giving you direction and wisdom and knowledge and understanding. So if you have consecrated these lakeys or what have you, try to wear them on a regular basis. I absolutely wear my lakeys every single day. I don't wear all of them every day, but again, I let spirit communicate with me. I'll go into my uh, altar space, my, my shrine room and what have you, and I keep my lakeys in a certain place. And sometimes before I even like really sit down for the morning and start my prayer session. One of my deities will just start to speak to me and say, put these on today, put that on today. And usually before the day is over, I know why I was told to put on certain like beats. Sometimes I will wear them all, but I have a lot. So it could be a lot to wear all of, especially around my neck. So it's situations where I know I want to maintain all of them and I don't want it too heavy around my neck. I'll usually just put the bracelets on uh, for some of them and maybe just wear one or two around my neck, just depending on what spirit is communicating with me on that particular day. Like, what do I need? I know this Ogun comes through whenever it's going to be some kind of every traffic or traffic problems um Ogun rarely even tells me like to to put on his particularly leggings but when he does I know it's serious I go for it right away and it never fails when I get on the road there's <laughs> some kind of craziness going on I might pass an accident or somebody's just driving erratically but I'm protected in that because Ogun has already shown me put this on I'm taking care of you but that's another way. And there's so many different totems that we utilize in African traditional systems. But that is a form of prayer, guys. And a last way that I want to talk about in this segment is through giving charity. So when you give to others, that is absolutely a form of communing with spirit. Because you're giving to help others in need and by doing so you are creating a space in which reciprocity can come so you're basically setting yourself up for some karmic energy to come back to you again giving charity like any other form of prayer should be done with the right heart and good intentions it should not just be about oh i'm going to give just because i want my spirits to give back to me and so forth and so on there's energy of reciprocity will be present but if you have a rightful heart you will absolutely receive more than what you need in your time of need or you may not even ever experience a time of need because you will always be equipped with the right opportunities with the right money all types of situations that you may just need in your particular experience will be there for you if you consistently engage in the process of charity there's a major part of prayer and community and communing with our spiritual team is through giving to others in need all right not just when i say giving to others i mean giving to others who are in need not just giving to people who already have you know giving gifts to your children or what have you that is a part of charity but here i'm referring to helping people out who absolutely need that assistance because they're in you are telling spirit first that you appreciate the things that you have and that you appreciate it so much that you want to share it with other people matter of fact some rituals actually require that there are certain rituals that you will have to perform sometimes where you need to give stuff to other people and as i said before a ritual is a um, form of prayer right and so if you're engaging in a specific ritual that involves giving something to somebody else that is actually a form of prayer request as well because when you give like i said before you are already enacting that process of reciprocity coming back to you and that's also that you're in that space as i said before about you know whenever you ask for something be ready to give something in return and sometimes you can do that well beforehand through almsgiving you know being charitable to other people and in doing so you're just going to see things happen in your life without you always even having to perform a ritual or give a sacrifice and things like that in order to 
get out the things that you need to get done in your particular life experience. So with that being said, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I am going to discuss some non-traditional methods of prayer that you can and should be doing within African traditional religious systems. The Ghanaian store offers Ezali Dantor Vebe designs in a variety of premium and contemporary styles. This unique collection of voodoo-inspired apparel and accessories includes t-shirts, wallets, scarves, wall art, and more. So shop now for the latest Ezali Dantor fashions at theganeanstore.com. That's G-I-N-E-N-S-T-O-R-E dot com. So before the break, I discussed some traditional ways in which we pray within African traditional religious systems. In this segment, I'm going to close by talking about some non-traditional ways that you can pray if you practice within ATR. So um, some of the non-traditional ways would be things like memorial services, hosting memorial services for deceased loved ones. So this is specific to ancestral spirits here. A funeral in and of itself is a ritual, it's a ceremony, it's a memorial service. And that is one way we pay homage to our dead and our ancestors, our loved ones. And we communicate with them and showing them like we really appreciate, we appreciated you in this life and we want to honor you. And they will likewise reciprocate. And African traditional religions, it is very much so shameful for a person to not have a proper burial rite, whatever that looks like within that culture, even if you are living in a different cultural system, right? So similar to like African Americans, how, you know, we do a lot of the American based things that you do in funeral services in today's world. Some of the things that we still do hold on to from our traditions, from our culture back in the day, but even so, there's still a respectful way to bury your dead within the context of American culture, right? So we just don't leave our dead, you know, for the state to bury if we can do something about it. We don't abandon them. We don't just you know, throw them in a pine box, so to speak. We typically have these very elaborate funeral services, like going out with a bang, so to speak. That is absolutely part of our culture. So hosting those types of memorial services, but likewise, I'm referring to memorial services thereafter. So like if you want to do you know, something to honor one or more of your deceased loved ones on an annual basis that is a form of prayer and it also helps to elevate your ancestors i was going to do an episode on this i did want to talk about it more but there are certain um rituals that you can do you can actually uh, do a high level ritual in the Ifa tradition to your ancestors or even in the Haitian tradition I'm, that one just came to mind but there are also ways to do this in the Haitian tradition and other traditions as well for sure um, where you honor your ancestors in a high level way on an annual basis or even more than that it doesn't have to be once a year but you know I personally do it once a year though i definitely do smaller ceremonies similar to that sometimes throughout the year depending on what's going on in my experience um but then those are just some ways to do you know it doesn't even have to be through the system itself it could be just you know a memorial dedicating a building or something like that to one of your ancestors or just having like maybe a family reunion and acknowledging your ancestors in that particular event. It doesn't have to be a separate event specifically for your ancestors or what have you, right? Um, showing gratitude. So when I say showing gratitude, I'm saying beyond just the, you know, thank you for what you just did for me in a moment, because obviously we know that that is a form of prayer because you're communicating with spirit in that particular moment of them doing something for you but you know likewise showing gratitude through maybe maintaining a gratitude journal or something like that um 
sitting down and just kind of writing this out. Some people maintain gratitude journals every day and they may not direct their gratitude towards a specific deity. Some do, some don't. You may just have a journal and you're just saying, you know, I am grateful for XYZ. I am grateful for that. You're communing with spirit of nothing else. You're communing with your higher self in that particular moment. And that is a form of prayer. And this is why it is reciprocated. This is why gratitude journals are so effective because you are talking to spirit in that moment. And you are um, you're really, really feeding your aura. That's a beautiful way to feed your aura in that particular moment. You're feeding your inner head with positive good things and showing your inner head how appreciative you are of all of the things that you're experiencing in your day-to-day life. Affirmations work along those same lines as gratitude. So if you are the type to speak affirmations, again, they do not have to be directed towards a specific spirit or what have you. You know, you're just saying your I am. I am strong. I am enough. I am you know, beautiful, whatever your affirmations may be, whatever you are saying, you are feeding your higher self. You are feeding your inner head, meaning you are communicating with that. And what happens? Anything that's well fed, you know, grows, it develops, it advances, just like feeding a child. You know, if you starve a child, you don't give a child food, then that child will be malnourished and, you know, probably fail to thrive and most likely die if you don't feed it for long enough. But if you feed a child with good, wholesome, nutritious foods, what happens? It grows, it thrives, it learns. It um, becomes a happy, productive member of society, so forth and so on. And I say healthy, good foods, right? So this is what the point of affirmations are. Affirmations are healthy, clean, good words. I'm not talking about speaking negativity here, though that is a form of prayer too. If you speak negatively all the time, you are praying. You are talking to your spirit and you are telling your spirit that you want more of that when you sit back and just consistently complain and say negative things. So with that being said, you know, affirmations are definitely a way that you can and you should commune with your spirit because as I said before, you are communing with your higher self. Um, Likewise, speaking positivity into your life and into the lives of others. So whether you're doing it in a form of an affirmation, like I said before, like you're doing those I am type of statements or not, or you're just saying, you know, today is going to be a beautiful day or you are so amazing. You are going to just be the best XYZ you fill in the blank. When we do those things, we are communing with spirit. We're communing with our spirit. Again, we're talking to our inner head, our higher self. And if we're directing that type of communication to another person, we're actually feeding their spirit. This is why it's so important. Those of you all who are parents to speak positively, positivity to your children, because in doing so, you are feeding their spirit. You're feeding their inner head right? And you're looking at it from the space of that human getting that message, which they are, but their spirit is also taking in that information and using it to likewise feed that child and help that child to advance and grow. It's the same concept if you speak to water or you speak to a plant, an animal, or any other living thing. You are speaking life into it. So if you like are the type to talk to your plants and work with your plants in that way, you will see your plants flourish and grow because you're talking to them and you're giving them positive energy, talking good things to them, you know, positive things to them. Um, Likewise, if you speak to water, you can speak into water, speak life-giving words into water. And whatever you're speaking into that water and you drink it, you are actually putting that energy into your body. And that is a form of prayer too, when you speak to water, any living thing, as I said before. And finally, the last thing that I want to discuss in this segment is engaging in self-care and self-love techniques. Again, 
this is a form of communing with your higher self anytime you take proper care of yourself good hygiene even so much as brushing your teeth and washing your face and taking a bath and things like that that's what i mean by self-care just just taking care of yourself you are communicating with yourself you are letting yourself your higher self your spirit know that you appreciate life and that you want to advance and grow in this life and you know you're not down with the negativity and things like that but likewise when you also engage in other self-love techniques and i'm not saying ego inducing things i mean true self-love so yeah that could absolutely look like you going to a spa having a treatment getting a massage taking some rest it's just dutifully taking care of yourself you are showing yourself love and appreciation and it is a form of communicating with your higher spirit you're feeding your higher spirit something good and your higher spirit your higher self is likewise going to come back through and feed you with good things it's going to give you that space of peace rest joy so that you can keep doing what you need to do okay so this was a loaded topic that i was very very excited to get to get to i hope it has been helpful to you i hope it helps you to continuously grow and advance in your practice of atr and just get a better understanding of what this lifestyle is all about because that's absolutely what this is this is a lifestyle um and I just hope everything that I do helps to make it easier for people who are trying to navigate their way into this journey because that's why I, I do what I do in the first place, right? Because I know I was there in that space at one time trying to figure everything all out and, you know, it felt so complex, which is not complex, but it can feel that way, especially when you're trying to overcome the hurdle of decolonizing your mind and your whole way of being from a whole nother religious system it can feel very daunting and overwhelming and you know yes you you have a learning curve you have to learn new things you have to you know get to where you need to be but the goal is for this to be a beautiful enjoyable experience though it will come with ups and downs um it's not meant to be hard so with that I am going to bid you all farewell. Ashe, have a blessed and beautiful day and beyond.